Welcome back to Dark Nexus. Tonight, it's Act 2, Chapter 65. We pick up the infiltration of Iris Hill. How fun was that last fight for you, Robert? After that was the pretty fucking boss is how that fight was for Robert. <laughs> after the clusterfuck of combat. Like, as that, you know, as that grand melee went on and on in Fort Hill course. Like, the staircase battle? Grip got less and less effective. I was rolling well episode. at the beginning, yeah. but boy, it was tailing off there at the oh, end. Boy, you can just feel the exhaustion that he was feeling as he kept rolling twos and threes. But we took... Level six grip out for a spin last time. And boy, did it feel good. He handles pretty well, I gotta say. So we're picking up right outside the gatehouse in the courtyard of Iris Hill. As the ooze drops and the party regathers itself to take a look at our injury situation, which is what exactly? I am under half. Oh. I'm down one hit point. It's the one point of splash damage, right? Yeah. yeah. Fucking Doro. I'm down about 25%. All right. So we can do some we can do some wand tapping now. Let's eh? do some quick wand tapping. All right. Um, Robert, just tell me when to stop rolling. Okay. Okay. Seven. Take nine from Roni. I have a I have a one as well. I can move over and tap him. Fantastic. <laughs> Keep it coming, boys. <laughs> Four more from Dabwick. Eight more. Four more. So that that's uh, fifty three. Um, give me give me one more. Eight more. That puts me. That puts me five down. So I'm. 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 I'm pretty good. I tapped you one more time. You tapper. You're. You're full. Thank you. Dabs, tap yourself. Yes, I'm going to. Thank you. All right. We're facing a number of buildings in this courtyard underneath the moonlight here. We've got the guest house directly to your north. The stable structure to the northwest of that, where you know there is a deep hole in the ground that goes somewhere the beetle did not want to go. In the northwest corner of the entire compound at large, there is the servant's quarter structure, which has a kitchen on the ground floor, you know from the beetle. And then across the way, looming in the murky moonlight, is Iris Hill itself, the manor house. Sort of a U shape. Long north-south hallway on the west side, and two big square rooms on the ground floor, one on the north, one on the south. A lot more space above that, but that's what you see on the ground floor. From Dora's descriptions, which was the house that Mellison was at? The part of the manor house to the north. In the main manor house, on the uh, second floor, on the north part. I'd like to raise a practical question. Raise this it. Point. What are we going, what, what are we trying to fucking do? Well, we exactly. should find some torsos and destroy them, right. at the very least. All right, that's a tangible goal. I can accept that. We could also take out anybody else who's here before anybody comes back. Yes, that we should do. But is the manor house where we want to go, do you think? I bet there's fun things in all these buildings. I agree. Roni keeps looking at Vaticus's house yeah. and starts walking over there. Roni's heading towards the guest house. Well, I guess that decides it. Let's go to the guest uh, house. Yeah, Grip, Grip will follow his wayward companion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gathering outside. Oh, check for traps. Give me a perception check. 25. Dabwick's just going to take a perception check around the yard. Sure. Oh, well. 29. 
No sight of anything, Dabs. And as Roni is examining the single door into this small two-story guest house, you find no evidence of traps on the door, and the door does not seem to be locked. I open it quietly. Dora keeps an eye on the sky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quick question. If we dragged the topiary guardians back to their original spots, would, like, at first glance... No. Okay. So there's no point in doing anything. <laughs> like, right. Like I, I'm, just, I'm just asking. <laughs> but... So the spot where Dora spent most of last episode hiding, like around the back corner yeah, of the gatehouse, there. you could easily hide them there and they would not, like someone would have to go back there to see them. Great. Great. Shove them out of the way kind of thing. Love it. We'll just start cleaning the place up. Why not, right? We're probably going to live here next book. Mm, yeah, that's how this whole adventure goes. <laughs> this is just us getting our stronghold. <laughs> oh, this is a stronghold building <laughs> horror campaign. Got it. <laughs> Oh, so I'm going to own two houses. Hey, <laughs> Roni gives you such a look. Roni opens the door. You see a well-appointed lounge room with a brick fireplace, a mahogany table that Dora recognizes immediately, three matching chairs, an antique sideboard against the base of a set of stairs going up. Dora, you are hit you know, with deja instantaneous vu. and overwhelming deja vu. You have actually seen this room before with your own eyes. Mm. Nobody is in the room. There's one set of stairs going up. Roni moves into the chamber there, and this space has very much the look of a guest room about it. So when Dora last saw it in the psychometry vision, of course it was just covered with personal knickknacks, pictures, framed portraits on the wall. All of that has been removed. This seems like this has been a space that has been deliberately made devoid of any evidence of the Vaticus family having lived here. Detect psychic significance. Hmm. Yeah, I I think this is a really overwhelming moment for Dora because everything in this room has been touched by this body. Every single thing in this room. Now, of course, there's a lot that's missing, a lot that is not here anymore. And though you're not getting that specific bright light and warm heat of there being emotionally significant memories attached to any specific object here because as you suspect most of those things have probably been removed this whole space just feels uncomfortably like home for a room you've never actually stepped foot in in your yeah. 16 days of life it's uh, it's probably quite overwhelming to you okay I will release the spell mm-hmm and in terms of, like, you know, your experience there, Roni, I don't know what he was expecting or hoping to find, but, again, it just feels a little like, you know, the work that had been done to, I'm going to call it your house now, the work that had been done to your house to, again, make it feel like this is a generic space. Nobody lives here. Nothing of import needs to be paid attention to. It feels as though this space has been gone over in that same sort of way, like made devoid, made empty, stripped of history, basically. Then Roni will very quickly and quietly 
go up the stairs and see what he can see on the second floor. Got it. Dabwick would detect magic. No magic to be found on the ground floor. Shall we go up? Yeah, Grip's just making a point of following Roni um, while he's going through this little reverie. Great. Roni is feeling disappointed, angry, like he, he wanted to find something here. He wanted to he wanted to be like like mm-hmm. a clue, a note, a, a, yeah. a notebook, a, yeah. like something. He wanted to find something. And he's, he, he, I think he's trying to be quiet and trying to be sort of analytical and like he's getting hot. Right. Because he's not finding what he wants. Like all evidence of, of anything has just been pulled out of this space. Atop the stairs, you find a small landing room that has two doors, one to the south and one to the northwest. Let me take you to the map here. Do you all find yourselves there? Mm-hmm. Yes. So there is a there is a window looking out into the uh, the tall tree that Dabwick had been scampering under in the previous week's fight. You can probably see out that on this map, right? And do you all see the doors there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one to the one to the almost directly to the south and one to the northwest. Both are closed. Check for traps on the door to the north. Sure. Twenty-two. No evidence of traps, and it is not locked. Pop it open. Beyond, you find a fairly large and spacious, lavish bedroom with a plush four-poster bed draped with lacy netting. There is a fireplace and a large ceramic stove in the corner, a large padlocked trunk at the foot of the bed, a long writing desk, and a very fancy, elegant rug. It's an incredibly well-appointed bedroom. I go immediately to the trunk. All right. I'll go to the writing desk. Mm-hmm. Check for traps. Let me check. Detect magic. 20. No evidence of traps on the trunk, but it is locked. Uh, Dabs, you're not picking up any magical auras. And Dora, nothing really on the writing desk. It feels kind of like... Uh, the hotel desk of somebody who's been staying there for about a week, so maybe there's a couple of, like, scrawled notes, but nothing of importance left there. John the player would probably want to spend a shame point in this moment, but Roni is not thinking rationally, and he wants to try to open this thing very quickly, so okay. he is rushing through. Great. So door's at the desk. That's a 23 on disabled device. I want to be in the square that doesn't get hit by the fireball trap. Oh, you're all fucked. You're all fucked. You lay hands, and there is a huge explosion of force energy that fills the entire room. Everybody give me reflex saves. Dabs. 18. Roni. Uh, 16. That's with a shame point. Okay. Dora. 24. And grip. 16. Everybody takes half damage. That's a lot of dice. It is. 24 is full. Everybody takes 12 points of force damage. Imagine in this moment, just 
hurled against the walls of this chamber as this magical trap protecting this trunk goes off. Catching your breath after this massive blow, <laughs> is there any healing or is there a return to the trunk? What do you do after that? Dora's going to drink a potion. Yep. I think that I think that it's the sort of thing where Roni literally gets like thrown back and then is immediately like racing back to the trunk. In rage. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Give me another check. I got the one good potion in Thrushmore. Oh, what'd you get? Eight. Oh, great. Nice. Still down four. What'd you get in that disabled device check? Oh, 29. You pop the trunk open as Dora is nursing her wounds and drinking her potion in the corner to find... A small a trunk. The trunk is filled with a small fortune of finery, uh, a couple of dozen nobles' outfits. You'd estimate each worth around seventy-five gold pieces each. Are they gendered? Yes, about half of them are men's. About half of them are women's. Twelve bottles of highly expensive wine, and a jewelry box made of palm wood worth 50 gold pieces itself filled with a collection of rings, bracelets, and necklaces that a quick eyeball would guess would be worth around 1,800 gold pieces. Fancy, fancy clothes in this trunk. At an immediate glance, none of these would fit either of... Would not, none of them would be tailored to fit you, Dora. And knowing what you know about you know, Gulliver Vaticus, the brief bit you saw him, uh, none none would be designed for him either. And you've seen him. What like about he, Mellison? Huh. Hard to say. What about the the guy with the rapier in the blue? You would say that that, like, his flashy style of dress would probably be suited to this so whether it's his or somebody else's somebody like that and remembering what you learned recently about you know the the history of Carcosa you know one of these focuses of Haster one of his areas of concern is decadence so as you lay eyes on this incredible collection of finery and thinking back to this well-dressed dude going out for an ambush your brains are churning on this like you know there are lots of different kinds of people who follow Haster but some kinds of people who follow Haster are extremely wealthy people who demonstrate their love of their foul (laughs) elder god by dressing as finely as they can eating the finest foods, drinking the finest wines. This is part of their worship experience is an, an, an consuming, overindulgent decadence. Great. <laughs> yes. I will grab the jewelry box and, and uh, gesture to the other stuff if Grip wants to throw it into the bag of holding. Oh, yeah, you could t- just toss all those clothes right into that extra-dimensional space. Then we're ready to to uh, worship Pastor when we when we feel like you. It. I have the unholy symbols for it. If we want to go to see a play, and there is nothing magical in this room, correct? Correct. All right. Um, a quick like perception check in the room to see if anything is hidden. Uh, nothing to find here. All nothing right. to find here. It seems like a it seems like a space where people have been crashing. 
not a space where people live. Does anybody need any healing real quick? Dabwick did another two taps with the wand to get themselves closer to full. I'm down full. I'm down to six charges on my wand. We'll use one on Dora to get her back up then. I'm good for the moment. You are healed. Thank you. I'm back to full, and now I'm down to three charges on this wand. So you want to go check out that other door in the on the landing there? Mm-hmm. So feel free to go down there and walk around there. That door is not trapped. The door is not locked either. And you find a room that... Boy, it's too bad Ray is not here to have this moment, but mm. it is a child's bedroom with a set of bunk beds. And... It looks as though, you know, it was sort of hastily cleaned up, but has not been occupied for some time. So there, you know, there are dust bunnies and things are a little bit sort of untouched here. No evidence of like personal belongings, but uh, this this is probably where Ray grew up sleeping. Is there anything carved into the bed or anything like that? Yeah, Uh, the letters R and D. Yeah, a haunting chamber for for Dora to set foot in, and I'm sure all of you are immediately struck with memories of your fallen friend. Mm. But like the rest of this building, depersonalized. What are next? Onward and upward. All right. I have to say I'm wary of going to the stables. As am I. That's where the beetle didn't want to go. That's that's where that hole is. Yeah. So heading out of the guest house, back into the moonlit courtyard. Anything in the sky? Nothing in the sky yet. Nothing in the sky. You're moving quickly. So we're going to kitchen? Mm-hmm. As we actually, yeah, I mean, as we're walking by the stable, we can look through, though, right? It looks like the doors are open. Doors so are open. Peek. As you walk by this these two open doors into this carriage house. So like I, like I mentioned before, the stables themselves are around the side of this building. You're looking through a set of double doors into what you guess may have once actually possibly been a living space. You see a set of stairs going up on sort of the east side of the room there. And you would guess this was probably an occupied uh, carriage house at one point, but there's no furniture left in this room. And there is a once fine blue, super elegant rug on the floor, completely covered in dirt and stone. Heaps, mounds of earth spread out all over this room, all to clear the way to this giant hole, this gigantic hole you can see in the northeast corner of the space. It is about five feet wide, big enough for a person to go down into, and you see there is a, a rope attached to the base of the stairs so that someone could easily climb hand over hand down into this hole. Shall we remove it? Yeah, let's do that. Then we'll have rope, finally. <laughs> is there a pole? <laughs> Can we drag the carpet over the hole? to make it so that it would be hard for anybody coming up to, like, 
easily push their way out of it? It's just a rug. Okay. So it wouldn't be hard, but you could cover it. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how much time you want to take. If you want to cover it with the rug and then cover the rug with dirt and provide some weight on that, that would take a fair amount of time, but you could do that. I don't want to spend too much time here. Let's go. But let's take that rope. Cutting the rope, taking it with you? Yep. Yeah, put it on somebody's sheet. I will take the rope. How much rope is it? 50 feet? Well, Do we have 50 feet of rope? You have 45 feet of rope. (laughs) 45 feet of rope? (laughs) Yes. It's better than no rope, which we had before. That last five feet is going to be so pivotal. Well, to the kitchen. Kitchen. To so the we kitchen. Fight some sort of smoke or wood burning monster. Some sort of gravy golem. <laughs> yes. Ooh, a gravy golem. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a different campaign. It's going to be tasty. It's sounds very like a rain restaurant. Of winter. I want to visit. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Alrighty, so you're going to check that door out, Johnny. Yep. No evidence of of traps, and it is not locked. Listen. You don't hear any sound. Quietly and stealthily open it. The majority of the ground floor of this particular structure, which is about 40 feet wide and 20, 40 feet long and 20 feet wide, is uh, a long kitchen area, long, long tables covered with all sorts of banged up utensils. And there's a hearth, there is an oven. It's, it is just a reeking, chaotic mess of destruction and consumption. You see evidence of mounds and mounds of raw meat of some sort having been eaten. Uh, There's one set of stairs that goes up and there's a open door in the back corner of the room that you can sort of see the edge. I go to the door. Yeah, looking beyond there, you just find a, there's a pantry beyond there with a a desk in the corner as though it may have been used by by someone as as an office space as well. I rifled the desk real quick. Nothing to find. Nothing to note. Detect magic? No magic. Stealthily making my way up the stairs. At the top of the stairs, you find a bunkhouse that was obviously a very nice servant's quarters at one point. Eight beds lining the walls. There's some chairs set in a semicircle around a large fireplace and a bookshelf in one corner. Uh, The whole place is just a reeking, stained, banged up disaster. Reeks of body odor and blood and sweaty, disgusting men. It's a it's a disaster. As you sort of poke around, you don't find any. This any is where ed- those those Kai- kuru. kuru. Yeah, you or, would guess this is where the kuru have been bedding down and uh, laying in their own filth. And again, quick, just nothing, one. Yeah, nothing, nothing to find right. here. Let's go. Then there was one. Then there was one. I see. There's a window there. Is that a window that we're actually able to look through? All of the windows on the ground floor have the curtains pulled. All right. So there are two sets of double doors into the estate at the ground level. One, the main entrance at the like the heart of the U shape over by the north uh, north south corridor. There's also a set of double doors right here on the northwest of the building, very close to the servants' quarters. So you would imagine uh, just knowing the architecture of and the layout of estates like this, this probably leads right into a dining room so that servants could go from their area and take food right into people feasting. Roni reminds everyone that there's a hole under a rug. 
in here. And that's the room to the south. That's the southern room of this first floor here is where the beetle found the trap door under a rug, presumably going to the basement. I check, check the doors. All right, both sets of doors are locked. No evidence of being trapped. I'm open. Which one are you going, to, going for? Are you going for the dining room or are you going for the main hall? I think the dining room. All right. Yep. Yep, all right. Give It'll me a disable check. 24. Noticeably, these locks are a little less secure than some of the ones on like the trunks mm-hmm. and the that you've found so far. Very simple lock mechanism. You are able to open it. You've got the door unlocked. Rennie will drink an extract of shield. Great. When he opens the door to the dining room, Grip is standing right behind him, Dawick right off to the side. Dora is a good, healthy 15 feet away to the south, anticipating mayhem and madness. That door comes open, Roni and Grip, and you have clear sight into uh, the dining room of Iris Hill, furnished with a giant table, eight chairs, glass-paned cupboard. The room smells of smoke from a nearby doused fireplace. There are dirty dishes, emptied wine bottles, and used cutlery all over the place, testifying to a recent meal consumed at the table. All along the sides of the walls, you just see piles and piles and piles of books. A couple of the chairs clearly had had books stored on them and the piles of books have been tossed to the side. It's just a chaotic mess of eaten food, dusty, moldy, old tomes. And in terms of exits from this room, Roni, you can see sight of a staircase in the northwest corner across the way. Can you see that ping there? I can. That you know would lead up to the room, uh, would lead up to that that set of armor that Dora has been picturing, it would lead up to the room where all the visions with Mellison so far have taken place, the upstairs sitting room. And then all the way across the room, you see a narrow 10-foot hallway that ends in a closed door that you would assume leads to the main hall. As you open the door, peering in to the darkness with your dark vision, you hear a tittering, clicking sound seems to be coming off from the right near the stairwell. You don't see anything, but you hear Can I make a perception check? Yep, give me a check. 24. He thinks it's a familiar. That's what he thinks. Roni doesn't see anything, but the more and more he focuses his senses, he's disturbed by the apparent location of these sounds. It sounded at first like maybe it's something clittering and ticking across the floor, but no, it sounds as though it's Wow, it sounds like it's way up by the ceiling. Oh no, it's over like 10 feet over by the table. And you see, Roni, like this shimmer in the air 
as if half of this room was filled with something um, doing a sort of predator camouflage effect. Whatever it is, John, it's fucking huge. Roni is going to reach down as a standard action and drink his sea invisibility extract. (laughs) Nice. Really nice. (laughs) Oh, God. And he thinks... Thanks for that, Ray. Sanity check. Oh, yeah. Oh, get ready to roll out. <laughs> oh, dear God. At the base of the stairs is this massive, otherworldly, floating, talon-tipped, tentacle octopus monster pulsing and throbbing filled it's the center of this thing is filled with this huge toothy maw just a bevy of tentacles flittering and floating in the air as this thing hovers in space let me see if i have art for this for you yes i do johnny this is what you see god it is horrifying. Give me a will save. Oh, I will absolutely attempt to do that. Okay, come on, will save. Oh, damn it. Uh, I rolled a 12 with a plus one on trait bonuses versus extraordinary spell-like and supernatural abilities of aberrations. And do I want to spend an action point or a shame point? I think I do in this moment to try to help. Oh, God. That is a five, so that bumps it up to a 17. Success. (laughs) Meaning you only take one point of sanity damage in this instant, bringing you back up to a total of five. Everybody roll initiative. Roni. Roni was very, very disturbed by that and has an initiative of five. Oh, boy. Grip. Twelve. Dabwick. Sixteen. And Dora. Seven. Round one starts with this tentacled horror. Johnny, a spiky tentacle lashes out at Roni, invisibly through the air, even though he sees it. You're flat-footed at this moment. 28. Yeah, that hits. The tentacle stabs into your chest for five points of damage and blood comes gushing out of your body and into its suckered tentacles. Two points of constitution damage. Oh! And then the rest of you start to see the shape of a tentacle take form 
as his blood moves into the invisible tentacle, making the creature slowly become visible. The three of you give me wills. Well, not at this point, not Dora hasn't seen it. Dabs and Grip give me a will save. Gripper. Will even, I don't know if it'll even matter. I gotta try because this is. No, that was a waste of a shame point. <laughs> uh, that's an eight, Rob. Three more points of sanity damage, putting you to eleven. What about Dabs, right around the right around the corner at that doorway there? Twenty-four. All right, one point for Dabs. That's your first point of sanity damage, Dabs. Welcome to Welcome the, to the party. <laughs> And then, Johnny, the slithering wet tentacles and suckered tendrils this creature uses to feed with and clutch its prey are particularly disgusting to experience. It attempts to grapple you as a free action. Does a 19 beat your CMD? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, it does. You are grappled. Any creature grappled by this must attempt a will save to avoid becoming nauseated simply from the disgustingness of the sensation. God, mother puss bucket. Uh, That is a 13, um, uh, an additional plus one trait bonus versus extraordinary spell-like and supernatural abilities of aberrations. And I am going to spend another action point because otherwise I'm going to be completely useless. That is a six four. That's a nineteen. Success. Oh, Roni is made of you. hardy stuff, and he fights off the loathsomeness of this sensation. So, you all see first nothing happen. Then Roni is lanced through the chest by nothing. Then you slowly begin to see this creature take shape as Roni's life's blood fills its invisible body. Tentacle lashes out, wraps around him five or six times, and pulls him into the room and adjacent to the creature. Up next is Dabwick. You're right around the corner of the door there. You just saw Roni get pulled through space by this massive, now semi-visible tentacle. So I'm going to take a five-foot step to the east, where I can see a little bit more into the room. Yep, right next to Grip there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start summoning something. So you're literally seeing Roni at this point has been like pulled up in the air, and something is like is like sort of ragdolling him around as like one hand is trying. You can see him like grabbing hold of something that's trying to grab hold of him. Oh. Just awful. And he I'm sure that and he's screaming. Yeah. Oh, I mean he's having his life's blood sucked yeah. out of him from a tentacle, a spiky tentacle in his chest. Dab steps back, starts casting a spell. Oh, Grip, you are up. You are seeing Roni get squeezed and bled to death. Do I see the thing? Can I target the thing or you is can it... now see the thing. Now that it has blood inside of it, it's become visible. Neat. Neat. Okay. So there's reach, so there's gonna be no way to get up to him without a tumble. Even though he's grappling. I mean, he's got lots of tentacles. I'm, uh, I'm gonna assume that maybe he can do multiple things. Um, but <laughs> so many tentacles. But I gotta be, you know, I gotta be in the fight. Because otherwise, what good am I? I'm not out here solving puzzles. 
so yes, I will. I will. I'm gonna. Uh, this square I'm pinging right here is that a occupiable square? Right around the corner from the entryway next to Roni. Yes, yes, it is. And um, all right, so I'm gonna try to uh, acrobatic my way to here, to that corner of the room just next to, to Roni. All right, give me that check. Yeah, I thought you might want to check. <laughs> yeah, just give it to him. Thirteen. <laughs> the good news is, because it is focusing its hen- attention on grappling Roni, you managed to duck underneath its lashing tentacles. Fantastic. Then I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna try to stab it. Red destiny red into the destiny. Now slowly becoming red creature. <laughs> 29. Ooh, that is a hit, my friend. It explodes, right? <laughs> Doesn't everything. Oh. That is for 11 points of damage. It does not seem to take all of that. Some of that damage gets through, but it looks as though it might require a different kind of weapon than the one you're brandishing to fully hurt this creature. That's all right. I got other clubs in my bag. I understand. I understand. Dora, you are up. Oh, there's a fight going on, and you can't see any of it. Okay. Your favorite oh. position to be in. There we go. Give me a will save as you catch sight of it, moving up behind Dabs. Natural one. <gasps> Fox yips. Oh, the fox yips, and you take three more points of sanity damage, bringing you back up to eight. Oh, Dora. Still within threshold? You're still still within your sanity threshold. Oh, boy, oh, boy. But you are seeing Roni held in the air by this tentacle as this massive creature is bloating with blood. Is there a planes check to be made on this creature? Dungeoneering. Uh, I'll do it. Do it. Does a seven tell me anything? Oh. Dora, oh, oh. Dora is flabbergasted by the horror that she is experiencing. Is that was that your thing where you had to like yeah. ask for help from Tima? Oh, didn't Tima. want to help. Oh, Tima's like fuck you, Dora. It's probably Tima's pet. <laughs> All right, she's this is desperate, so yeah. she's gonna try something. Yeah. Um, it worked on the gibbering mouther, so we'll hope that it might work on this too, Dora summons the thought of a violently slamming book mm-hmm. and casts mental block on the okay. tentacle horror. It is a mind-affecting, mind-affecting divination effect. This creature is subject to mind-affecting effects. Good, good. You will save from me, right? Yes. Natural 20. Balls! Mm. All right. Dora moves up there, catches sight of this horror, attempts to shut it down, but is unable to penetrate its mental defenses. Next up is Roni. Roni, you are held in the grip of this creature. Your options are either mental actions or attempt to escape this grapple, basically. Unless you got something else up your sleeve. Well, first of all, I, uh, as, as he's able to now see this thing and register it, he wants to try to make a knowledge check on it. Yeah, give me that to check. See if he can figure out what it is, even as it's like thrashing him around and yanking him left and right. That investigator like brain shield. is still still ticking. That is oh god, a fifteen. Terrible roll. Terrible roll. He's got other shit on his mind. Yeah. <laughs> he does not know what this is. I am grappled, but I'm not pinned. 
So I can, I can still attack it. What do you got in hand? I've got my mace in hand. There we go. I, I will, I will, as a swift action, study it and try to make it my target. Yeah, success. I, like, I look at that thing and I see that little, that little mouth that it has. Toothy maw. The toothy maw. And I take that mace and I'm going to try to swing it and just shatter its teeth. All right, give it a swing. Because there's not much more I can do right now. So we'll see if that does anything. That is a 22 to hit. And do you have the grappled condition? I do. I have all that stuff clicked on. Love it. That is a hit. Oliver Zandalus' mace slams into the fleshy creature. For nine points of damage, full damage. It seems to take a little less than half of that, as, as if also bludgeoning weapons no good against this creature. So as a as a free action, yeah. literally he's being shaken and like the, the tentacle is still stabbed in his chest kind of thing, and he's going, slashing weapons. Oh. <laughs> Grip throws up in his mouth. Yes. <laughs> Top of round two, the tentacled horror attempts to pin you, Roni. 25. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean... Pulls you into it. Now, like, your entire body is pressed against this suckered, sloppy, soft, squishy, tentacly body as the teeth. The gaping maw you just slammed the mace into bites at you for... A 21 against your AC pinned. That gets me. The teeth bite you for nine more points of damage. And the rest of you marvel and squirm as you see thousands of minuscule tendrils slither out of its body to leech away those bits of Roni's blood that are dripping in the air, sucks it into itself, and visibly heals of much of the damage it has taken thus far. Dabs, you're up. At the top of your turn, your spell resolves. One small mud elemental appears. Muddy buddy. A small halfling-shaped puddle of mud materializes next to the tentacled horror. It's got a full turn turn available to it. What does it do? Um, it's oh, it's appearing in a flanking position. In a flanking position. Flanking with grip and with Roni, but Roni's pinned right now. Tries a slam attack. Muddy Buddy goes. Nine. Muddy Buddy misses. Who's a little Muddy? And Dabs is up. Dabs gonna draw the dagger again yeah. and <laughs> and uh, move towards moving in there I don't think I've got enough move space to get around the table but I'm gonna get in there you could move in past Ronnie and tumble up on top of the table if you wanted you got enough move to do that well that's fun isn't it but I don't want to get too close to within reach so well if you go in you will be within will its reach be within its reach okay so I'm just gonna go one I'm going to go to here. Just moving in behind Roni. Uh-huh. All right, Grip, you are up. I think from where you're at right now, you haven't caught sight of that dagger yet. Dabbuck's still outside, and you're deep in that corner there. Well, thank the Lord for small mercies. <laughs> uh, so Grip's going to take a swift action and give himself uh, martial versatility. Yep. And then he will do a full 
three attack attack. Come on, buddy. Uh, am I flanked? I'm flanked, yes? You are. You, got, you get the flanking bonus. Plus two. Opposite the muddy buddy. You got this grip. <laughs> you got this grip. All right. You attack. Attack number one. <laughs> attack number one. Uh, total 20. Any shame? No. Hit. Good. Uh, for nine points of damage, slashing. Takes it. Takes it all. Uh, second attack. Four. These second attacks are not panning out for me. Uh, third attack. 26. Yes. Four. Six points of slashing. As your fist is cutting through the edges of this incredibly soft creature, you're experiencing Roni's blood go spraying out of it, and tentacles lash out to grab and slurp and suck that blood back into the creature. Dora, you're up. You can't see Grip right now, but you can see the effects his fists are having as the creature is being pummeled in the air and Roni's blood is filling the air around it. It's gross. It is so fucking gross. I really want to do that mental block thing because maybe it will stop some of its supernatural abilities and I don't know, but um, I, I, I also want to not waste yet another turn so uh i will uh dora is so embarrassed at her performance so far that she spends a shame point to to cast mind thrust two Mm. on it without using a spell slot nice all right we'll save coming at you 13 fail all right come on 18 18 damage. Nice. Okay, what passes for the center of this thing, like the the nerve clusters at the center of it, all light up and you see eruptions of blood on the inside of this invisible creature, which becomes even more visible as its own blood is now coloring itself. Ew. Take a five-foot step. Can I see grip? I can see him a little bit. Yeah, I buy that. Don't let up, grip. Got it. Roni. Uh, well, Roni can't do anything as he's grappled and pinned, except for purely mental actions at this point. So he is literally seeing himself die. As uh, literally, you can his... attempt to escape the pin. I, I can. I you can, can try. certainly attempt. You can try. I can certainly attempt. And you can try CMD, or you can try Escape Artist if you've got any ranks in that. I have That's no ranks in Escape Artist. All right. He will. He's literally having the life sucked out of him and uh, chewed to bits and he's seeing his friends uh, fight to try to save his life and uh, he will attempt to slither his way out. That is a 13. Does a 13 do it? It does not do it. Oh boy. Top of the round. The horror is up. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Yup. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, God. That spike shoves even deeper into your chest. Yep. Roni takes six more points of damage. Oh, God. Two more points of constitution damage. This is looking really fucking grim for Roni right here. Also, as before, the tentacle, the, the minuscule tentacles gather blood from the air and heal the creature up. A little bit. 
little bit. Dabs, you're up. Muddy Buddy first? Muddy Buddy first. And plus two for flanking as the Muddy Buddy punches the Tentacled Horror. Oh, that's going to be a 20. That is a hit. Awesome. Okay, so this is... um, The Muddy Buddy has a special ability. Special attack. Oh, interesting. Right? Okay, so on a successful hit... The creature is covered with mud and has to make a fortitude save or become entangled. And if hit again by this ability, there is the potential to make the creature helpless. All right, so making a fortitude save here. Roll damage first. Well, it's full damage. That's seven points. It takes just the barest little right. bit of that. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> and it goes to the fortitude save. We'll see. Up, 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 up. Nine. Miss. All right. So it's entangled for 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Yeah. Oh, Viva la muddy buddy. So the entangled condition is going to apply, give it a penalty to its armor class, attack rolls, reflex save, and any dexterity based thing. And if the muddy buddy is able to successfully do this one more time, the thing will be made helpless. Okay, okay, okay. It's Dab's turn now. Do you want to try to make that check to identify this creature? Yes, thank okay. you for the reminder. That would be amazing if the muddy buddy made this thing helpless. <laughs> that I, would be amazing. I, Natural 20 on the identification. Oh. So that's a dungeoneering check, 28. This loathsome creature is called a star vampire. God. It is a horror from beyond this world that soars through the black void of space to land on planets and consume the blood of living creatures. So it is an aberration. You know that it has damage reduction that's only overcome, over, only overcome by slashing weapons. We've learned that already. You know that it's healing five points of damage every round as long as there's anybody who has who is suffering from uh, Chondrain or a bleed effect uh, within 10 feet of it. You know, boy, you have experienced just about everything that this thing can do. The thing, oh, okay. It does have, and this may be of interest to somebody inside of Dora, it has a weakness to bleed effects. When subjected to a bleed effect, a star vampire suffers racking pain that leaves it sickened as long as the bleed effect persists. So that's, uh, that is the way to hurt this creature if you've got an ability to subject it to a bleed effect. Dab will convey that information. Yeah. Um, is there anything Dab can do to help Roni? Is there any assist or any You can reach action? out and touch him, heal him. I can heal him. You can cast a cure spell on him. 100%. He's within reach of you. Floating in the air above you, but within five feet. And it looks like he could use a lot of healing. So during my turn, I could draw the wand and tap him a bit. Correct. Great. That's what I'm going to do. All right. As you go to touch him. Oh, God. He sees that you're trying to injure and hurt him as he's trapped here by this star vampire. And he twitches away as hard as he can. Let's see what his will save is. An 18. But not fast enough, thanks to the weakness of all the blood drain. You are cured. What'd you, what'd you, what'd you, what'd how you much, cure how me much? of? Uh, four. <laughs> four <laughs> okay. points. Hey, I'll take it. Grip, 
You are up. You are seeing Roni try to avoid the life-saving healing. Does uh, that stop the bleed effect on him? At this moment, he is suffering from constitution damage. Okay. So, no. Okay. Question? Yes. With, okay. If I were to... I, I have I have martial versatility currently uh, in effect. Yep. Can I, for another swift action and another use of my thing, add a second one to what's currently active? Let's say yes for now. I have some research to do. Okay. Then I'm going to uh, use another uh, use of that. Yeah. I will keep martial flex- uh, versatility in place. Yeah. And... Here's one I just learned about tonight. Ooh. I will take the feat bleeding attack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. So if I damage an opponent with an unarmed strike, I deal an extra 1d4 bleed damage. Oh, amazing. Does bleed awesome. stack from different sources? No. No. He doesn't have any yet, right? Not, no, none yet. How much bleed damage does Tima do? Two. So I could potentially do more. Yes. I'm going to do it. Do, yeah, absolutely do it. Um, just whether I let so, her out or not. Uh, doing, doing that, and then um, then he's got three attacks to deliver. Bring it on. This thing is entangled, so its armor class is even lower. Combat advice. First attack. Uh, that's a 24. Hit. For six points of damage, and... Ah! ah! <laughs> Where's my four-sided... So bleed damage it takes on its turn. Copy that. Great. Um, all right, attack number two. Do it. Again, attack, a second okay, attack. We're, uh, we're letting attack number two go. It's gone. It's, it's dead it's, to you. Well, well let's, let's add it up. So uh, plus oh, no. two. Uh, no more combat advice. You used it on the first one. So 10. No good. Okay. Uh, and then last. Even entangled. Last attack. Um, uh, f- f- 15. Shame. Uh, 1521. Shame pulls you through. Hit. Fists slashing. Blood lashing. Six points of damage. Zoom, zoom, zoom. It's looking wobbly. There is blood floating in the air. Dora, you are up. You can see this thing is now bleeding from multiple wounds that Grip has inflicted upon it. She feels a measure of relief. That she does not have to. Subject the world to Tima? Yeah. Yeah. But she will cast Mind Thrust 2 on it one more time. Got it. Uh, 18. Just made it. Okay. Um, but a big, big damage roll of 25, so um, half of that is 12. Takes all of that. Roni, as you're starting to pass out from pain and blood loss, you are feeling the... The, the foul clutches of this creature's tentacles growing just a little bit weaker with each passing second. I will give Grip combat advice one more time. Love it. Roni, you're up. Gonna try to wiggle your way out. Roni's gonna try to wriggle his way out, but I think that he's feeling like this loss of the constitution, like literally his life being drained away. Yeah. And he's seeing, I think that he's still like totally gripped in this paranoia as he's going down. Uh-huh. And he's, he's like, like almost regressing back to what he what he was before he found out that he was Roni. Yeah. D- Dora, ha- 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 help, help me, help, 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 help me. Davos experiencing almost an entirely different personality here that they haven't seen before. And uh, escape artist check of nine. Okay, no good. Ronda the creature. 
Bleed. Bleed. Roll it up. Come on. Four. Four. Yes. Four points of bleed damage. <laughs> it is now sickened. Ah. Oh, sickened and entangled. Another minus two to pretty much everything that it can do. And it squeezes you a natural one. Wow. Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. So it's writhing in the air at this point, trying to suck blood out of the air as blood is gushing out it from the other side. Dadwick, you're up with your muddy buddy. Come on, muddy buddy. This is still plus two for flanking, yes. right? Yes. So that'd be a 21. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it. Oh, muddy buddy. Boom. This is the best thing that's ever happened. It's just like that fucking snake. Yeah. <laughs> Swooping right. in at the yeah. tower. So now... Uh, Give it the, roll the damage oh, first. Oh, right, right. We'll do the damage first. Oh, max damage again. Seven points. All right. Take some of that. <laughs> we are so fucking close. Okay, minus two penalty to all saving throws because of the sickened condition. <laughs> Total of six. Yes. The creature is helpless. Grip, it's your turn. What should I do? Coup d'etat. Wait a minute. Do you mean coup de grace? (laughs) Wait a minute. Coup d'etat. We're going to take over the government. We're going to take over the dining room. (laughs) Paralyzed, held, bound, completely at an opponent's mercy. So it can't hold me anymore then, can it? It can no longer hold you. It It falls limp. Rony, you fall to the floor as Grip turns to face it. Full round action. Helpless opponent. You automatically hit and score a critical hit. Roll damage for a critical hit. Power attack, baby. (laughs) Yeah, do it. Yeah, there's no reason not to. There's no reason not to. Oh my god. Boom. 21 points of damage. And an eruption of blood and gore. The creature is destroyed by grip. Roni is free, and we have made our way into the estate. That's the end of chapter 65. We'll pick up here next time. Nice fight. I can't believe I lived. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes along with additional music composed by Rob Kozlarik. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. WTPK. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Love it. Two tags. Season good. two tag. <laughs>